apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Joel turned first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. It's two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Sanderson looking in, off for a pass, he's looking for King, intercepted, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down to the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They're going to ruin a catch by Manning. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to John about the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm Big J, joined by a special guest this week, Steve Risser from Sports Talk with RJ. What's going on, Steve? Doing well, doing well. Happy to be on. Heck yeah, thanks for joining us today, joining me today. Uh, I know it's been two weeks since we did our last show. Uh, I, I know we don't got the usual. Sean's not here, Zay's not here, Joe's not here. Thanks thanks again, Steve, for stepping in. But uh, I, I couldn't go three three weeks without a G-Men, so that's why we're still doing it. But I will say off the rip, before we dive into everything, 
This is going to be the last drawing about the G-Men on Wednesdays. We're moving, changing things up. Sundays will be the new day for drawing about the G-Men. Hopefully we can get that going into like a pre uh, Awesome. Pre-game show as nice, well. Nice, nice. Oh, you guys. Season starts. Oh, you guys got to do a pre-game show. I mean, that, that's yeah. got to be it. Yeah, so you're probably when you guys do it, it's got to be right before the game. You got to be like that maybe guess. like an hour, 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 two hours before the game. That's when you guys got to do it. Yeah, uh, CMG's had started up their own pregame show this year, yep. and we were doing that. I think we're going to try and turn John about the G-Men into that, but with, with, that's all for the future. Exactly, we'll get to exactly. That. Yep, so yep. make sure you tune in Wednesday. I think we're going to shoot for 9 in the morning Eastern time. Make sure you set your alarms. If not, it'll be around that time, maybe even 10. So make sure you check that out. But now let's dive into everything. Starting off – we got the draft coming up, but let's take a little bit of a look back on the rest of the offseason. And uh, who has been the biggest winners and losers this offseason? Let's start off with the winners. Who? What team got the most better, the best this offseason, Steve? So you want me to give just a bunch of teams or just, just the one team? Just whoever, whoever you – have at the the top top and I mean you can name a, a, a bunch of teams did get better this year. a bunch of teams obviously a bunch of teams did get better obviously you know the Broncos went out and got Russell Wilson the Raiders went out and got Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones obviously the Browns got uh got Deshaun Watson but I think the team that got better and the team that arguably c- could be the best team in the AFC that's the Chargers because they went out and they traded for Khalil Mack to improve that pass rush to improve that pass rush and have him and Joey Boza on that same defensive line and they also went out and signed jc jackson to play corner so that defense right now that defense was average last year i think that's a top 10 defense or really good pass that's a really good pass defense and then you obviously have justin herbert and you have a great offense so i think the chargers are the team that that was the winner of the offseason yeah i i think the the whole afc west besides the chiefs are in this category everyone's talking about them i mean i i've spoke uh, I even went on your show last week and talked about the Raiders. I've been talking about the Raiders ever since the, this offseason's really started. I'm not going to talk about the Raiders this because it's it's the AFC West. It's all you can pick any three of those teams: the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and it, it wouldn't be a wrong answer. But for me, I, my honest number one team that got the most better, I would I would say the Raiders. But a team I'm going to talk about right now, the Browns. We. One of the best rosters in football. The only question mark was their quarterback. And they went out and they did what they had to do. And now they got it to Sean Watson. They, they, as far as not necessarily like the best on paper, like the best bolstering of their whole team, but the best like upgrade that the team needed the most was probably to the Browns getting to Sean Watson. I know it, it's going to be weird a, a year after not playing he was still part of the Houston. He still participated a little bit with the Houston Texans, so he's not a complete year out of competition. But I, I think that's going to be a struggle, but it doesn't matter. It's not going to be as bad of a struggle as continuing to try and make Baker Mayfield work. I think you talk about teams that I, I, I think they did everything right while other teams did a lot of stuff right all over the place. The, the Browns did that one thing they needed to do to, to really see how good this team is. Everything, Baker Mayfield has been that scapegoat. And while their defense wasn't as dominant as we thought it was going to be last year, we, we still put Baker Mayfield as that scapegoat. 
now you don't have that. Their defense needs to be dominant, a dominant force. Uh, the, the, you, you're putting Deshaun Watson in a situation where he has all these weapons. This is a team that need that that, that needs to that is going for broke this year, and, and I think they can make some big moves. So uh, yeah, I, I, while number one for me, the team that I think got the most better this whole offseason has been the the Raiders. But I, I mean, Browns is a team that I mean everyone was was talking all about Deshaun Watson for like a two weeks. That that was big big news, but it's kind of faded off. But let's not forget. What's going on there? I know a lot of teams are talking about Baker Mayfield as well. But uh, let's not forget the Browns. But uh, all right, now let's talk about the teams that got worse. There's a few of them. But uh, what team What team got the most worse to you? To me, it's the Atlanta Falcons. I think this team had the worst offseason. They were this close to getting to Sean Watson. And then the fact they were flirting with Deshaun Watson, they had to pretty much trade Matt Ryan. Now and they had to take his take on his cap hit, so they really were really weren't able weren't able to do anything in free agency. Now they have Marcus Mariota as their starter with a really really bad roster. I think the Atlanta Falcons are one of the worst teams in football, and I think they, they I think they had the worst offseason of anyone. Yeah, I I I get that with the Falcons, but I, I think even if they brought Deshaun Watson in, that would be like I mean, uh, uh it's a topic we've talked about all, all season about this show is that Deshaun Watson trade like if the Giants made it it would just be trying to put like a band-aid over like a like a gaping hole it wouldn't work I, I think that would have been the same situation with the Falcons so while they got worse a, a lot I think I, I think really they actually uh, it is going to sound weird to say but I think they got better from getting worse because keeping Matt a guy like Matt Ryan around trying to Hope that he can rekindle that MVP type season. Uh, I think now they're full on the okay. This is rebuild time. Uh, they're fully committing to it. So I think they got better while getting worse, but uh, they obviously did get worse. For me, I think the way I love that I get to say this, but the way the division's been the past couple, the for a while now, and. Just how it, it, it's called the NFC least, but it's 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 a tough division because no one can ever really pull away from it while they are playing bad football. But I, I got the Cowboys, Randy Gregory, Amari Cooper. I mean, you've talked a lot about your show, how Amari Cooper is like Dak's safety blanket. So I think getting a guy, losing a guy like that, losing a guy like Randy Gregory to the Broncos. I, I think in a, in a division where everything is so up and down all the time. And now, I mean, you talk about the, that division is really indicated on who, how you finish the year prior, how you're going to finish this year. Because now they're going to be playing the number one seeds from last year, the number one teams in each division from last year, and they're going to struggle because they got worse. And I, I think while they didn't necessarily get the most worse, I think it's going to have the biggest effect on them come the next season because you're going to be playing the, the top teams uh, it, it, from – those divisions. So uh, I think a, a team like the Cowboys, uh, even I, I, another team, the Packers, I, I know you got brought back Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, to think Aaron Rodgers is coming back and then you lose Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers has been complaining about his receivers the whole time. That's why there was all this uh, turmoil in Green Bay. Now, now, now you lost your best guy. So 
that should be interesting. I, I think there's a lot of teams that got worse. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and a lot of teams that got better. I, I think it's very, very interesting to see even like a, the defending champs, like the Rams losing a guy like Von Miller. Uh, that's not too, too yeah, big. But, 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 it's but, still, but they but they, had a, they just know. didn't have enough cap space. I mean, they're still the, – I, I, I have them still as the favorite to win the NFC. And even talking about other teams that got one team that a lot of people haven't really discussed that, that got worse this offseason, that's the Patriots. The Patriots definitely yep. got worse, in my opinion. You look at what some of the teams in the AFC teams that they were better than last year did. You saw the Chargers. Obviously, I mentioned the Chargers. You saw the Broncos go out and get Wilson. You saw the Raiders obviously go out and get Adams and uh, Chandler Jones, the Browns, Deshaun Watson, the Colts, Matt Ryan and Gilmore, and Stephon Gilmore. The Patriots, outside of training for DeMonte Parker, they did absolutely nothing this offseason. And then you look at their counterpart, the Miami Dolphins. They went out and traded for Tyreek Hill. So the Patriots did not do – outside of training for Devontae Parker, they did absolutely nothing this offseason. They're trying to help try, – they're trying to – you know, they have a young QB, and they and they really didn't put a ton of weapons around Mac Jones going into his second year. So there's definitely concern there. Yeah, and I love that you brought up the Patriots because this reminds me a lot, like I see I was very, very right about last year, in the Seahawks. You, you, they got to the playoffs. They have all this hope. But all these teams around you are getting better, and, and you're either just staying the same, maybe with the Devontae Parker a smidge better, but all these teams are getting better around you, and you're more or less staying the same. I don't think that's going to do well. And talk about another team that got worse, the Seahawks. They, they chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. I mean, Pete Carroll was great. Yeah, yeah, you want to put uh, the whole team when, when the Seahawks were at their best. It wasn't because of Pete Carroll. It's because of how good that defense was and because of Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll just happened to be there. And you talk about one of the – they also had one of the best running backs in the, in the history of the league in Marshawn Lynch. So they had – it was a perfect storm. So I, I think Pete Carroll – when you're, like, trying to go and get, like, Baker Mayfield to be your quarterback, you know something's wrong there. Exactly. So I, I think that's another team that got worse. But, uh, I mean, we, we wouldn't be a Giants podcast if we didn't ask where the Giants fell on this list from uh, who, getting better to worse this offseason. I, I know the draft's going to be very, very big, and we'll talk about the draft here in a little bit. But as of right now, before the draft, Steve, where did the Giants fall on getting better or getting worse this offseason? I don't think, obviously, that it can get any worse than, than what it was for the Giants last year. It was, it was the last year was last year was a terrible season. They had expectations, and they ended up going four and thirteen. They had a bunch of injuries. Uh, I, I would say right now, looking at their schedule before the draft, I'd say they're a six or seven win team. Still, very easily could finish last in the division, but I think they're a six or seven win team. Uh, and, and in terms of the teams that got worse, uh, uh, I think I, I my, my the two teams I said that two teams I I had that got worse because everybody that got better they're not obviously not better than. But in terms of the teams that got worse, the only teams I would have them ahead of are the Falcons and the Seahawks. So I'd say right now they're a six or seven win team. Yeah, well, I, I I I agree with that. I'd say yeah, six or seven win team in the in the NFC East though that could be. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't <laughs> think so. I think Dallas is Dallas. Even though they got worse, Dallas is still a nine ten win team. Philly, I think, is an eight nine win team too. Yeah, I would. I would say for the Giants, wise though, I'd say I'd put them at the end of the getting better because I have hope with this new regime and everything. That there's at least some hope, some sort of direction being at least brought into the light and. Some sort of I, I can see where it's going at least a little bit with Joe Judge. Everything was foggy. I didn't know what was coming next. Now I can at least see the plan getting 
and, and how the Giants can get better. Are they going to stick with that? Is this going to be just another Giants mess up? Who knows? But right now I'd say they're at the tail end. They're, they're like right in the middle. I, I wouldn't necessarily say they got worse, but they did get tremendously better. So right in the middle. And we had some breaking news earlier today. Talk about it on You talked about it on your show. Debo Samuels requesting a trade. Is there a team that can make this get this trade done and that can put them into that better category for this offseason? I think it could be I think it could, I think it could be I think it could be a couple teams. There's three teams I'm thinking. First, the New York Jets, I think they definitely can get this trade done because they have two first round picks. They have they have the fourth overall pick and the tenth overall pick. So they very easily could get this done. And obviously the Jets will have a need at receiver and they went after a wide receiver in the offseason Tyree Kill. Second team is uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Really outside of uh, Michael Pittman, who do they have? They really don't have anything else outside of Michael Pittman. So I, I know they don't they don't have the capital because they don't have a first round pick. They they traded that when they 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 gave that away when they traded for Carson Wentz. But they but they could but uh, and it would be tough for them to give up a second round pick because uh, because uh, obviously they they don't have a first round pick. But uh, th- that's definitely that definitely fills a need if they want if they want to go after. Uh, Debo Samuel, and I wouldn't be shocked if they do it because Frank Wright and Chris Ballard right now are on the hot seat in Indianapolis. And third is the Philadelphia Eagles, and they have the capital. I think they have, as a, out of my three teams, that's they're definitely second behind. I put them behind the Jets because they have the two first round picks. So if they want to give up a first round pick, that to give to to give up Debo Samuel, they have the draft capital to make that happen. Yeah, I think the, the Jets, like, I mean, they, they were in the Tyreek Hill sweepstakes, so I think that they're going to be definitely trying to get that. I, I love the the Indianapolis Colts. I think that would be great. Uh, I, I actually brought up after your show the, the idea of the Eagles, Eagles because yeah. of their draft capital. And also, I mean, they granted, I think their front office is going to be the reason why they don't do that. But uh, why they don't go after it? But this is a, a they they should be pursuing some sort of opportunity here. You have the two uh, first round draft picks to work with now to to offer something up, and now and that that is a definite need. You got into the playoffs last year, you, even though it was a wild card. You still got in. You still had some sort of opportunity. You you need something like that. But I, I think just the lack of their front office being uh good I, I think that's going to be the real issue for for eagles fans to get it done but um, as a giants fan i'm happy because I, I don't see that happening oh but, i don't either i don't either yeah and i i a team you talked about earlier the patriots uh, i think it'd be great if they could get it done but can they really realistically probably not but maybe who knows so uh but I, i'm intrigued uh i i also I know that the 49ers and Debo Samuel have like kind of ha- have been bu- bumping heads here for a little bit, but who knows? This might even just be like a business tactic for him to get a better contract. Who knows? It might just all be a smoke and, uh, smoke and mirror show, but I don't know. I'm excited though. Cause I mean, we saw what he could do last year. He was a beast. Oh, running so the versatile for on the ball, catching the ball. So versatile. Yeah. So any team he goes to, He's gonna he's gonna make an impact and it's gonna be a good one. But uh, all right. So I the, there's a lot of teams that uh, I'm excited to see what can do this year. And I mean, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those teams that we talked about getting worse just randomly plays uh, 
or exceeds expectations because I mean that's just that's just the way the NFL goes. Like I mean, who who would have had the Bengals at a team get in? Where they were last year. I know. You know? I mean, you, you might have thought they were going to be improved, but you definitely didn't think they were going to wind up in the Super Bowl. Maybe compete for a playoff spot, but you definitely didn't think they were going to wind up in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's just the NFL. Anything can happen. But uh, I – so that's going to do it for who's getting better, who's getting worse. We're going to take a look at the NFL draft a little bit. But first, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Come on out for a day of fun to the Cove Kids Classic presented by Clarity. Friday, May 6, 2022 at Lyman Orchards Golf Club to benefit the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Partnership opportunities are available. All proceeds from the Cove Kids Classic support the Cove's free programs. Please consider partnering with us to continue to support grieving children and teens in 2022 and beyond. For more information or questions, call Allison Gamber at 203-634-0500 or email allison at covect.org. The Cove Kids Classic takes place Friday, May 6th at Lyman Orchards Golf Club. Registration begins at 8 a.m. Shotguns start at 9 a.m. on the player course. Make sure you come check that out. May 6th, Lyman Orchards Golf Course, Cove Kids Class. Goes to a great charity. Uh, codes Cove uh, Counseling counseling for Grieving Children. Make sure you check that out. And Joe's been talking uh, ever since we started promoting this about, about the prizes and that stuff. So make sure you check it out. You don't want to tease something about a, going to Yankee Stadium or something. So that was just a tease. And it's talking a lot about these prizes. So make sure you're going to want to be there. But uh, so Cove Kids Classic, May 6th, be there or be square. Now let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft. It's coming up oh, uh, a week and a day from right now. That's when it's going to be. First names are going to get called. And I... I, I, this is the most uncertain in a while we've had with the NFL draft. We don't necessarily know. There's no real like front runner at number one, or e- even like we we don't know how the first couple picks are gonna straight shake up. There's no real dominant QB that that, that is gonna be that guy. So my question to you, Steve, just plain and simple, who is the best player coming out of this NFL draft? I think it's pretty obvious it's Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's going to be the consensus number one overall pick. When you look for that number one overall pick, you want to get potential and production. Yeah, he doesn't have you know the highest ceiling of, of number one picks in the past, but you have, poten- you have he has potential to be really good, and he has the production. He had 14 sacks at Michigan last year, led Michigan to the college football playoff. I definitely think Aiden Hutchinson is the consensus number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you with Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think really the big thing that puts him, uh, I mean, because there are some great edge rushers. You got the, the Thibodeaux, the, the I, I don't even want to butcher, butcher this guy's name, Kasumthanis from Purdue. The guy from Purdue, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he's, he's a beast. He, you got these good, but with him, with Aiden Hutchinson, to me, it what I really saw and what really brought him into like not not necessarily even it to the getting buzz for the first re- overall pick, but also the Heisman was that that Ohio State game, and not not just his performance in it, 
him saying, hey, I had an opportunity to leave and go to the NFL draft last year, but I decided to just come back and I, I don't want it. I didn't want to lose to Ohio State again. He made it his goal to have something like that and be a leadership leader on a team like Michigan. I think that that is everything you, you ask for in a number one overall pick and someone you want to change your, your whole franchise around. So I, I think it's going to be great. Another guy that um, not getting as much buzz, obviously he's an lineman. I think Evan Neal. Uh, I know a lot of, the, there are a lot of issues coming up around him because after he signed to with uh, Alabama that like summer, he like ballooned up and gained, gained a bunch of weight, almost like was pushing 400 pounds before getting into spring ball with Alabama. But uh, so, so I mean, that that's big. But he has been the most dominant uh, force on the offensive line. Really, I mean, everyone talked about Leatherwood last year as being that guy for Alabama. It wasn't. It was Evan Neal. And, I mean, we saw draft night how everyone was complaining how much of a reach John Gruden and Mike Mayock did for Alex Leatherwood. Evan Neal has been the best offensive lineman on the best offensive line the past, what, two, three years? Oh, yeah, two, three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in college football. So, yeah, I, I think that's a guy. Uh, he, he's kind of like shaking. He's kind of going up and down. I think it is because of the weight uh, questions. But I think that's another guy who deserves uh, uh, to, to be at the top of this uh, draft board and deserves some – uh, consideration for number one overall, but uh, we'll see. I, I'm excited. Next week's going to be the or Sunday is going to be our mock draft, so that should be fun. But uh, I mean, uh, transitioning from just the best player, uh, Steve, who is the best? I mean, it's not a great quarterback, but it is Malik Willis your top quarterback in this draft? I think so. I think so. I think he has all the tools. He's got the arm. He's got the mobility. I mean, he's. I mean, I, I don't mind picking, but I think his hand size could be an issue. Ritter. What is his Ritter? What is his upside? Uh, Corral. He's coming off that ankle. He's coming off that. It was an ankle injury, right? He's coming off that ankle injury for Old Miss. Yeah. So I'd say the best quarterback. I would go with Malik, the, the quarterback. I would take first is Malik Wills. In the game today, it's about mobile quarterbacks. If you could, you know, if you could, if you could. Uh, you know, be mobile. You can run the zone read, the read option. You can get away from the pass rush. I think that's that's really really useful today. So I, I like Malik Wills. Yeah, I, I think I, the only reason I have Malik Wills, I, I think really all these guys are interchangeable when it comes down to like leading a team. To be honest with you, I don't necessarily anyone being that. There's, there's a reason no one's being. There isn't a quarterback. We talk about being number one overall. It's just because it isn't that strong. And we talked about this for a while now. But you want to talk about like just raw athleticism, raw talent. Yeah, that's why Malik Willis has to be at the top there. If you want a guy to come in and uh, I think out of all, all the quarterbacks in this draft class, if you want a guy to come in and start day one, he'll probably have the best production because just because of his uh, athleticism and his ability to just make stuff happen. But I, I do think the guys like the Kenny Pig kids. I, I like Desmond Ritter a lot. I, I've always been a Cincy guy. Uh, I, I think you talk about mobility. He had one of the fastest 40 times of a quarterbacks. So I, I think, it, and he did was able to use his legs at Cincinnati. I think he's a guy that might, might find a spot being like kind of, I don't want to say Lamar Jackson, but kind of like that. Uh, I think he can make a little bit more plays with his arm, but I, I think 
Those are guys that are going to take time to develop. Another guy like Matt Corral with that injury might he, he's going to need some time off, but I, I think prior to that, he, he probably could have been that number one guy. But uh, we'll, we'll see. And it's crazy because there are a lot of teams that are in need of a quarterback. You know, you got the Steelers. Mitch Trubisky isn't necessarily going to be that guy. You got the Panthers. You got teams at the top. Ball. You got the Lions. You got the, uh, yeah. you got the Texans. You said the Panthers. Yeah, I mean – you got these teams, but you can wait till probably the second round and probably get your guy. That's that's crazy when all these teams need a quarterback so, so badly. So it's very, very intriguing. But, uh, I mean, wouldn't be a Giants show if I didn't bring this up. Who do you have the Giants taking? What what, what names are at the top of your big board if you're Joe I got, I got I got Aquanu. I got Aquanu and Neal have to be on the top of that board. They need that other tackle aside from Andrew Thomas. They need that tackle. They need the offensive line to be – not that it to be great, but it needs to be decent for just to see what Daniel Jones could do uh, in a huge year for him. They got to they got to prove this year. If Daniel Jones – they pretty much have to make a decision if Daniel Jones is the guy. And I think they got to give him – the best chance, the best chance he, best chance he possibly can to be the guy, and I think that's uh, that's getting you know enough a tackle and with with that uh, fifth or seventh pick, and then uh, I think Kyle Hamilton's a name they got to look at. I think uh, obviously Jermaine Johnson, even Kayvon Thibodeau if he's there, a couple of those pass rushers, and then Hamilton because of how good he is, that's definitely a name they got to look at as well. Yeah, uh, I and I mean. Thing with Hamilton, though, I mean, the depth at secondary that, that the Giants already have, that's the only question mark. I mean, did lose to Bro Peppers, so maybe bring him in to fill in that spot. Maybe. I, I think, yeah, one of the edge rush, I mean, O-line has to be a necessity. One of the edge rushers, definitely, if they fall there. The, I, I know you're probably going to talk about this next week because you're doing yes. your mock draft. Oh, absolutely, well. yes. We'll be doing Make our sure mock draft, yes. Wednesday yes. at 1. But uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, right? He's got a lot of these gas or motor questions. Uh, as a Giants fan, if he's there, is that going to be an issue for him? If he's taking plays off and that stuff, is that an issue? That's the that's that's going to be the tough decision Joe Shane's going to have to make if he's there. I mean, he's got the potential. He's probably has the potential to be the best player of anyone in this draft. But yeah, definitely, it's, he's definitely boomer bust. I mean, he definitely could be a bust because because of his lack of productivity. Especially that last year or at Oregon, he wasn't as good as people thought he was going to be. So he's got a ton of potential, but production be there. That's the big question with Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, I, I think I, I I can see him saying, "Hey, I know I'm going to be a top draft pick." Not necessarily. That's where the like effort comes into play. Why he took plays off at Oregon, but still, it's the NFL. You're not going to be able to do that. I, I don't know that. That just scary for me so that's where like the, a guy like Hamilton I think instead of an edge rusher there I know it's a need but I think a guy I think Ojalari and Roche Roche I think both those guys are young and they can develop into something so if you if you got if you're starting to question if you got these big questions on a guy like Thibodeau I, I can see why you get look look past that I know a lot of people are also talking about wide receivers and that stuff that that's wild. I don't think that's gonna happen. You you need to sure up this uh O line and then I, I think you need something defensively, but I, I don't know. What do you what do you, do you do you see the Giants drafting a wide receiver at all this draft? 
Oh, uh, maybe, maybe later on, but they're pretty, they're pretty much set at receiver. They got Sterling. I know they have trouble staying healthy, but they got Shepard. They got Tony. They got Galladay. They got to focus on things they need and to get a, and to get really good value with one of those top ten, top ten picks. They got obviously they need an offensive tackle and they need an edge rusher in the first two rounds. So receiver, they're pretty much set at receiver for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I mean, crazier things have happened dropping that. And I know last year a lot of people were. We're surprised the Giants trained back, uh, getting uh, letting the Bears get Justin Fields, getting Kadavius Tony now setting up for these two draft picks this year. Do you see the Giants at all making like a move like that, trading back, or or do you think they're just gonna stick with? I, I would be surprised if they traded one of those picks back to even get more picks. This is a rebuilding season. Why not have Joe Shane have as many picks as possible to rebuild this roster? Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. Uh, I, I, I'm very, very intrigued. These two picks, whatever they do with them, this is going to be the biggest, uh, this is the biggest picks in Giants history. You got this new regime in, in Joe Shane, supposed to come in here, change everything around. You have two opportunities. I, I keep bringing it up on this show. You saw what the Bengals did with their two first round draft picks. I know it's different I, I know you can't but look what they did they two first round draft picks two top guys brought them to the Super Bowl I know there were a lot of other circumstances but why can't that happen for the Giants and you got an opportunity here so but uh we will all see Thursday night I'm excited I'm intrigued uh should be fun and uh yeah but uh that that's gonna do it for John about the G-men today Make sure you guys tune in Sunday. We will our new time. It's gonna be Sunday. Time still worked out. Make sure you tune in on the social media to to when we figure that out. But make sure you tune in Sunday morning. We're gonna do our mock draft. And Steve, thanks again for joining us. No problem, Jason. No problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was great being on. And filling in. Uh, But uh, yeah, make sure you tune in to Sports Talk with R and J. Every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, to Steve and Justin talk about everything sports. It's sports talk for a reason, all things sports. Got an NBA playoffs are kicking up. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, MLB season just started. Uh, and then, obviously, football. Football is all year round at this point. You got the offseason, the draft, everything, all these big moves, big stories. So, and everything, that, anything a sports fan wants. Tune into Sports Talk with RJ every Wednesday at 1. But uh, yeah, and also big shout out to Chris Sawyer and Andy Mac Mortgage for sponsoring today's episode and the Kids Cove Classic. Make sure you check that out. But for myself, Big Jace, and Steve Risser, that's going to do it for John about the G Men. And we will see you Sunday for even more John about the G Men. Take care, everyone. And see you then. Goodbye. Sanderson looking in, Zobra pass, he's looking for King, and it's something, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down to the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. 
It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They had a rule to catch by Manning. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrest.com. 